0: The, gr- the grind and the hustle is just as small a smaller part of the equation that creates a fulfilling life. And we forget that. We think that like hard work equals, equals success. I, shame on me or any of us if we say that hard work is, is simply the answer to success. And the people who say it are the people who are not looking deeper into what their success actually looks like because it's not just hard work or they're not they're not actually successful in their own right. And again, it comes down to the question of what does success mean for us? But what has to happen is you need to truly – like success is fulfillment, no? Success is happiness. Success is feeling good at where you are. Success, yes, absolutely includes financial. And all of that comes from making a choice to be in an abundant mindset and not live in just the hard work, hard work, hard work thing. That is a piece of it. But now I'm learning that like the hard work always keeps you – six years down the road, five years down the road. And I'm sure you guys can align with this in some way, especially if you've been on that grind of like nine to fives. We had a vision of what things were supposed to look like five years down the road. And then by the time we get to that vision, we've already got the next five years locked in, what the next five years look like, which means you're literally chasing yourself to your grave. You're never actually living in your moment and feeling what it feels like to be fulfilled hey, and Brett connected Cornick. to purpose. I'm Jason
1: Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day.
2: The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose
1: and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day ever mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you.
2: You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and even YouTube. You can also listen to our podcast on www.livebetterco.org. Have the best day ever.
1: Live Better podcast episode today with Nick Pags. Nick is doing it all. Uh, He is a trainer and ambassador. He is podcasting he's got courses out um, and he's just always inspiring but doing so always with mindfulness um, as the the key to everything which I think is something that's super super special and uh, project limitless is is his baby that that he's super excited about uh, Nick is currently in New York um, and he's doing a lot of good stuff and we're just really happy to be. Connecting with you today, Nick, and uh, it sounds like your day's are already going awesome as we talked before the show. But um, how's everything been going for you, and uh, what's going on in New York right now?
0: Brett, Jason, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to to be here today and spend some time with you guys. And New York is beautiful right now. A beautiful, I think, like 65 degrees. It's amazing out. Um, and my family is excited because my sister's getting married on Saturday, so we're in a in a good space mentally. We're all stoked for that. And uh, work is great, man. Work is good. Things are good here in New York. So can't complain. Life is good.
2: Tell us about uh, Project Limitless and how that's been going. We know you launched your um, mindset group earlier this summer and walk us through that. And, and also kind of how that's going for people right now, because as we were talking about right before, you've been bouncing around a couple of different places. I think a lot of people are doing the same kind of redeciding how they want to live their life, where they want to do it. And, you know, we know all too well that mindset is sort of the base for making all of those decisions. So walk us through project limitless and, and how you're also kind of thinking about some of those same, same things I'm sure you're teaching when you're deciding, uh, where you're going to work, when you're going to work, all those things.
0: Yeah. So Project Limitless was actually birthed in the craziness of coronavirus and everything that was going on. It was July of, of this summer, 2020. And it wasn't like I just kind of jumped into an idea, hey, maybe we just do something to help people out. It really was a year and a half long process. So I was a business owner. I was a co-owner of a boutique fitness studio. We have one location in New York City and one in Westchester, New York. And that business was going really well and I was enjoying it. Um, But I knew that there was like another level because I I felt like I was teaching these classes and building out the business and really enjoying that end of it. But I felt like there was more to offer. I was feeling like it, it was almost like the treadmills were getting in the way of the work I was doing. So like I was trying to work with people's minds and hearts and tap into like another level for people. And what I noticed over time was that people were showing up to the class, yes, for the fitness aspect, but more to like get the mindset work done. They wanted to clear their headspace. They wanted to feel prepared for whatever came up for them on that day. And that class was offering it to them. So eventually I made a decision to step away from that. And for about a year and no joke, guys, like it was a year of sitting in my apartment and staring at a white wall and going what do i do next like i literally just cut cold turkey a really comfortable job really um i guess like a financially stable position at that point i felt really good about and i just stepped away from it because something in my head and my heart was telling me there was more like i had to get a little uncomfortable and had to create some pain to get to that next level whatever that looked like so stepping away from the financial freedom and the the comfort of it was really important and i did that and the moment it happened, it wasn't regret, but it was fear a little bit and that I didn't know what the next steps look like. But I did trust that whatever was going to come my way was purposeful and intentional. And a year and a half later, uh, I came across the idea of Project Limitless. I started to kind of ponder it at the beginning of 2020. And then all this happened. And I said, what better time to serve people? And for me, for so long, I didn't understand that mindset coaching was a thing. That working with people's mindset was like an appropriate way to say, hey, this is what I do for a living. So I just kind of always doubted the possibility of it until I one day decided like, wait a minute, we can really do this. And now we're in a position where we're getting people taking massive leaps and bounds in their lives in an eight week span of time. But more powerful than that, they realize that the term limitless for them is not a destination, but it's an experience that they can have whenever they choose to. And that's been the game-changing thing throughout this Project Limitless Time.
2: I love that message, Nick. I want to mm-hmm. I wanna focus on, before we dive into some of the results from people going through that program, I want to talk about some of the time where you were staring at the white wall when you quit um, working at the fitness studio and the novelty of not having a job that you were showing up to on a day-to-day basis wore off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And let's call it a month as an arbitrary timeline, or you could comment on on kind of how long it took to get to this point. But when you started to get a little bit antsy, but still weren't getting answers, what did your day-to-day look like? And kind of were you in a positive headspace? Was it less than positive? Were you leaning on certain people? Like, what were you doing to try and develop what then turned into Project Limitless? Like, what what did those days look like when it was a bit more unclear and uncertain?
0: Yeah, the beauty of what that time taught me is that it's always going to be unclear and uncertain. So, what I mean is that in that moment, I had no clue. Like I knew I wanted to speak to people. That's why I left. I wanted to work with people's minds and hearts and I wanted to speak. I wanted to be on stages and connect with people and empower people. And that was in my mind. And I saw no pathway for that to happen. But there was this like internal trust, like gut feeling that I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know what it looks like, but I'm going to surrender to the fact that there is something that is calling me. And there is, and by the way, I don't know if Project Limitless is it. Like this is a year and a half in and I got a pretty long life ahead of me is what I trust. And what that moment made me realize is that it's not ever going to be like the things that I actually want to create, the things that are are out there for me to have. It's not going to be a comfortable, easy ride. And we've all heard this a million times and it's really easy to say in hindsight. But when it was happening, I mean, straight up, it was just the darkest time of my life. I mean, in 2007, I lost my, my grandfather and my great grandmother within two days from each other. That's the only other time in my life that I felt like that dark and depressed. And I really was asking myself, like, is this, is this depression? Is this what this is feeling like? Like, this is scary. I don't know what thoughts are going through my head. I don't feel happy with my life. I'm, I made a, like I, my surface conversation in my mind was that I made a mistake But deep down, I knew that there there was no mistake made at all, that this is just a process that I have to go through to get to where I'm supposed to go. And I I think just continuing to trust in that, uh, at at moments there was prayer, at moments there was meditation, at moments, I mean, my mind was going so fast, guys, working from 4 a.m. until 8, 9, 10 p.m. every single day or six days a week for like four years. That was my schedule. It was just go go go. Always with people, teaching classes right into a session, traveling uptown downtown. It was never stopping. So for the first, like you said, the time it was like a month to two months of I couldn't even think of what to do next because I was just trying to settle down from everything that was happening over the last few years. I never took a moment to pause, and that's been incredibly powerful powerful for me in the last few years or months. Is really learning that pauses aren't a sign of weakness, but pauses are power. There's a, there's a, my mom grew up in a theater family, my dad too, actually, but my grandmother owns a theater company. And one time I was in a show when I was younger, I was doing a, a I forget what show it was, but I was standing on stage and I was saying this like monologue that was really powerful. And I'm walking back and forth and pacing and trying to give it everything I got. And my mom said to me, You got to understand, often the most powerful position on stage to get people's attention is to plant your feet where you are and speak. And that that lesson stuck with me, not just on stage, but in my life. Like sometimes movement and high energy back and forth isn't the answer. Sometimes being where you are is really the answer to feeling power and, and to getting yourself and others to listen.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Jason and I can resonate with everything that you just talked about in regards to being in one place and then another and having the pack schedule, being up early, staying up late. And, um, I think there is a, there's an, you know, Jason and I always have this conversation, like, can you teach that hustle? And I think that in order to get to the spot where you are right now, and you mentioned that, you know, limitless may or may not be the end of all this, or it might be a new beginning. Um, you needed that time, right? That hustle period because you're still you still that has been ingratiated in you into the point now where if something has to get done, you know you can get up early, you know you can stay up late to do it, and you have the drive to be able to do it and now it's now it's your thing. Um, and so I just think it's it's always interesting to see and hear where people have inflection points because a lot of the people that are listening to the show, a lot of the clients that we have, a lot of the people that we work with, they and Jason and I were in the same boat. We got caught up in the, in the corporate route thinking that, okay, you got to get a good job out of school. This is your major. These are the four types of jobs you can get. Pick the one that you're best at. Get good grades to do it and just go. And then, you know, then you get, you know, the first four months are training and then you're traveling and it's like all this stuff. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, like years have gone by and I haven't even really sat down and taken a breath to say, where am I? Why am I really doing this? What is the discovery? What is the purpose? And I was coaching one of my clients through a principle called Ikigai. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's essentially a blend of what you're good at, what you can do for money, what the world needs, um, and what you want to do professionally. And when you put all those things together in a Venn diagram, you can really start to see like, man, I, I I can actually do what I want to do and actually make a career out of it. Uh, and I always find it interesting that when you start doing that, like I can just hear in which the passion you speak about this project and this opportunity and how you started to pull things from what you were doing prior into what you're doing now to begin this path, that there's some vigor in that. And I think it's just so interesting to to really take a step back. And and for those right now that are that are listening, it's like, you know, what are we doing? Like, what are we what are we actually doing with our time? Why are we doing it? And, and taking the pause, whether it's a trip, a vacation, pulling the chute, uh, putting in the two weeks notice, or honestly, just daily practice of breath or mindfulness to, to give some time to really consider, you know, why we're doing what we're doing.
0: Yeah, it's it's so real. And what you said that like, is an absolute game changer. The hard work thing, because I did it, from the day I left school, started my own, like built myself in a gym by doing like wiping down the stuff. And this is not like a pat myself on the back thing. It's just like a, everybody can relate to this. I was just the dude being paid $12 an hour to wipe down weights at the gym. That is really where it all started. And because I had to wake up at 345 to get to the gym for 430 and like making sure everything was done above and beyond good just for the sake of doing it the right way, not because somebody's looking, but because it's the right thing to do. I built that that hard work and grit for four years, five years to the point where like, I was asked to be a co-owner of this gym in New York City at the age of 23. And I thought I was like killing it and balling. What I realized as I finally stopped, like, and I don't know what there was something screaming for me to slow down, even though my mind, like the surface mind was telling me, my conscious mind was like, go, 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 go. You can be the best instructor in New York city. You will be the best instructor in the world if you just keep going. And honestly, I believe it was likely true because of the work I was doing there. Like I, and I, I'm not doing it to toot my own horn. I trust that the work I was doing was different than any other instructor out there. And it was on a deeper level and people were traveling to come experience this thing. And at one point I just heard it in my heart that like, dude, you're just, you're not living in your fullest purpose. And I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't, but I just, there's things that happen in your life. Like for me, for me, the clearest feeling is like when I upset my mom, like, even if she's not there, I get a gut feeling in my stomach. Like, don't do that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. And like your, your stomach starts hurting a little bit. Because your gut doesn't lie. We're built on energy. We are energy as humans. Not to like get all weird and, and, you know, like woo-woo on it. But we literally are energy. That's what we are. And we feel things. And we can energetically connect to purpose or not. So when that gut feeling was hitting me, I didn't consciously know the statement that I just said, but I knew it didn't feel right. I knew like there was a feeling like I had when I hurt my mom or I upset my mom or did something wrong. And what I learned from that silence and staring at the wall for a long time for two months was that hard work, as cool as it is, as much as everybody talks about it and the grind and hashtag grind this, hustle this, blah, blah, blah. The, gr- the grind and the hustle is just a small part of the equation that creates a fulfilling life. And we forget that. We think that like hard work equals, equals success. I shame on me or any of us if we say that hard work is is simply the answer to success, and the people who say it are the people who are not looking deeper into what their success actually looks like because it's not just hard work or they're not they're not actually successful in their own right and again it comes down to the question of what does success mean for us but what has to happen is you need to truly like success is fulfillment no success is happiness success is feeling good at where you are. Success, yes, absolutely includes financial. And all of that comes from making a choice to be in an abundant mindset and not live in just the hard work, hard work, hard work thing. That is a piece of it. But now I'm learning that like the hard work always keeps you six years down the road, five years down the road. And I'm sure you guys can align with this in some way, especially if you've been on that grind of like nine to fives, we had a vision of what things were supposed to look like five years down the road. And then by the time we get to that vision, we've already got the next five years locked in what the next five years look like, which means you're literally chasing yourself to your grave. You're never actually living in your moment and feeling what it feels like to be fulfilled and connected to purpose. So you can't just hard work your way to success success in its own right, in your own right, whatever you describe it as, feels like, yes, absolutely hard work, but it also feels like love and abundance and happiness and freedom and fulfillment and joy and connection. And when those things are in alignment, when those things are happening, that's when you're like, whoa, life is amazing. And it doesn't exist five years from now. It can only exist in this moment.
2: Yeah. People don't prioritize that part of it. And the hard work to your point. It's like you can work really hard on the wrong thing, which means you're just running faster in the wrong direction. Yep. And without any type of reflection and outside feedback, and honestly, some dead time in your schedule, like you just, you never would be able to step back and make those types of connections when you're just busy. And we get in this really weird, mindset that more is better as you suggested it's like no better is better it's like this isn't a this isn't a conversation of who could do more i think it just is it's an easy anecdote for us as trainers in the gym it's like if more was better everyone would just spend more time in the gym but clearly like that's not the case so we have to prioritize effectiveness first and then learn how to be efficient at each one of those tasks and i feel like going through programs like your project limitless, getting coaching, getting counseling, um, going to therapy, any of those things, you you get outside of being able to convince, convince or negotiate with yourself, convince yourself or negotiate with yourself that what you're doing is right and hustling and grinding and not sleeping um, is always the right thing because you never get to take a step back to actually understand how you want to spend your time, what type of Um, activities are actually priority in your life because we just get swept up by social media and the rat race in general. Um, And I know New York is uh, the epicenter of that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, and, and if you actually think about, like you, the listener, think about yourself and the people in your life, I bet you would really stretch to find somebody who is living fully consciously. And what I mean by that is like, Somebody who is checking in and asking themselves daily, morning and night, moment to moment, like, who am I, what do I want to create, and what do I want for my life? Like, what, what do I want for my life? We literally are expected, at least we'll talk about Western culture in, in the U.S. specifically, expected to know what we want or have an idea of what we want by 17 <laughs> or 16 to make a freaking decision on how to get to the next level and then be fully educated and prepped to spend the rest of your life, your your, your entire life doing something that you spent $250,000 on that you'll pay interest on probably for the next 40 years to get somewhere. And I'm not hating on education by any means. I'm saying that it, it is a an early decision that we have Pushed upon people to make at a certain time, and it does not have to be early. Like the beauty of my life that I look back on my story is I went to college. I went to four years. I studied, I went to go study physical therapy, I couldn't cut it for the science stuff. I ended up going into counseling and human services. It was a remarkable experience. I learned a ton about myself, life, how to show up for people, and then I finished it, and all I could think of was I got to go to grad school. And during the time I was trying to prep for grad school and thinking about how the hell I'm going to figure that one out, I was training at the gym. And then I just kept expanding on that because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. For whatever lucky reason, I was given the opportunity to feel what it feels like to do what I want and make money doing it. So whatever reason that I ended up in a position to do what I love doing, taking care of people and, and being in a gym setting and... Good energy and being loud and jumping around and never sitting down, never touching a computer. That was the opportunity for me right out of college, making whatever, $12 an hour, $15 an hour. And then from there, I was like, wait a minute, if I could do it at 12, I could probably figure out how to do it at 20. If I can figure out 20, I could do And the realm of possibility starts to expand. What you think is possible is no longer boxed into what you call it a box. I call it the Wonderwall on the other side of that box that you put yourself in is all the wonders. I wonder what's out there. I wonder if I just tried this. I wonder if I just told her I loved her. I wonder if I just told my dad this. I wonder if I blah, blah, blah. And what would happen if we lived outside of our box, our wonder wall, and started to expand in, in the realm of possibility, the I don't even know what I don't know realm. And that's where I think people don't check in enough. We're not living consciously. We're living on an, uh, on a commitment or a thought we made 15, 20, 50 years ago, and now you're just running the rat race, never conscious of the actions you're taking throughout the day.
2: What do you think are some catalysts to get people? One, okay, so, uh, and I, I totally agree. And I think Brett and I pride ourselves on not really having too many wonders. Like, that's if there's a very short time frame from when that phrase comes out of our mouth to us actually figuring that out, whether it's going to work or not, because we will try but for a lot of people like that's the scariest part. They've got a ton of wonders, but they don't actually they don't actually try. So, what do you think are some like kind of foundational transition steps from checking in, creating the the wonder list and then bridging the gap between hopping the wall. Like where how do you coach people? What are your what are some of your favorite ways to get people to take action on some of those steps and feel free to just like use an anecdote or something specific. Cause that's a broad question.
0: Yeah. So I think that one of the things that we always do guys is always like, we, we just struggle to actually check in. So we'll be like, why can't you do that? It's just a huge undertaking or it's so much work or I can't start that. I don't have the connections or I don't know anybody in that field or whatever. Right. How can, how can I take that first step? Well, the question a lot of times is not tactical. That We figure out the, the action when the why is important enough, when it's clear on why we're doing it. And I think when we have a dream, we don't spend time thinking about why it's important to follow it. And I think my my little equation for it is motive plus mechanism equals results. And so many times our motive is given like fifty percent, and our mechanism is giving fifty percent of the attention. Or we, people put most of their attention on the mechanism. How do I get this done? Eighty percent of your attention on how do I take these steps? My theory is that ninety-five to ninety-nine percent of that equation is motive. If you know why, you got to do something. You can bear almost any how. There's somebody who said that quote, and I don't know who it is. Um, so I probably butchered it, but. Truthfully, you can bear almost any how if you're willing to tap into your why. So the first question is, why would you follow that dream? And the way to get clear on that why, which is like everybody's like, yeah, I know it's why because it's awesome. But really tap in by asking yourself this. What are the prices and what are the payoffs? So by you following along with your current routine, doing what you're doing, living the life you're living, and not taking action on the dream that you keep talking about, what are the payoffs for it? And a lot of us will go down that list and be like, well, it keeps me financially stable, which is bullshit. There's no such thing. It keeps me um, comfortable. Great. Keeps you comfortable to some extent. Uh, I know like my paycheck that's coming in. I know exactly what's going to happen by next year. I am um, certain that I can do the job. Uh, I feel qualified. So then you go down this list of all the like, payoffs that you get from doing the thing you're doing. And you could even talk about this with re- relationships, guys. Like if you think about the girlfriend, the boyfriend, and, and it's not somebody that you should be with. And you know it. You're not a dumbass. You know you shouldn't be with that person. It doesn't feel right. But there's a payoff to it. I'm comfortable with that person. That person knows me. I know that they're going to take care of me financially. We have kids together. It would be too much of a mess to leave it. So like it's just keeping things comfortable and safe, right? So our ego comes into play. So when you start to list the payoffs, you understand why you're doing something at the current moment. But the real transformational moment is when we dive into the prices. What prices are you paying for living this life That is not in alignment with who you really want to be and what you really want for your life. Some of you are missing out on the best relationship, a 10 out of 10, fall in love, can't stop thinking about you. I love you beyond words type of connection. Some of you are missing out on millions of dollars. Some of you are missing out on actually feeling happy for once in your life. Some of you are missing out on being who you wanna be and stepping into your power. Some of you are missing out on being a role model for your kids and you still find it important enough for you to just keep going through the motion and just keeping the way it is because these payoffs that you're getting are just fine enough. But listen to the prices you're paying. When you see that list of prices, it makes you sick. And when you get to that point, your why becomes much stronger as to why you need to make
2: a change. Yeah, one thing we discuss a lot is surrounding yourself or operating in an environment where discussing the relative price or cost of things is uh, like normal in that environment. That's the that the problem is that when you look around and those people ask questions and look to the person next to them and start comparing themselves, like everybody is running that race, so it doesn't seem all that abnormal that you're paying the price for doing that. You just are playing a comparison game to other people thinking the same way as you. It's like the first big step for us that we take in our mindset course and a lot of the conversations that Brett and I have with private coaching clients is like, what does your environment look like? Both your physical environment and and the places you put yourself in it, but also maybe more importantly, like the social structures, the, the social environments you put yourself in. Like, are you normalizing the behavior that you want? Or are you reinforcing the bad behavior that you're continuing to display? And yeah. it's so interesting listening to people be like, well, this person is doing that. And my, well, my boss says, this is like, yeah, you all, you work for the same company. You, you, you surround yourself with the people that care about those things. If you care about something different, you need to seek a different environment. You need to seek different people with a diverse perspective to show you that checking in, Making these wonderless, actioning on them, and truly understanding the opportunity cost for doing or not doing something uh, could be a lot higher than you think.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, it couldn't be more real. And how many times? I mean, we, we. I'll speak for myself. I live in a state of conditioning. I am conditioned to think a certain way. I'm conditioned to believe a certain thing. Luckily, I have two of the greatest people that ever lived on the planet who raised me. So my conditioning is pretty dope, like (laughs) in my opinion. I'm a really nice guy. I work my ass off. I do the right thing. I'm always conscious of taking care of other people. I believe from a a true human standpoint that I'm a good person, and I don't take a ton of credit for it, I got to be honest, because they worked their ass off for 28 years to make sure I'm that way. So uh, in full disclosure, I do believe that there's a lot of conditioning that we have to work through, and there's some shit that they did, that my parents did, that I don't like and I don't want to be in the same way. Like, I just don't want to act like that or I don't want to feel like I have to show up a certain way. And it is a beautiful thing when you realize the moment that although your parents are absolute superheroes for a lot of us, they also are human like all of us. And that they're making choices just like I get to make a choice. At no point are they holding a remote control that decides what you do nobody's got a remote control on you. You live in choice. And when that moment clicks for me, and it's still clicking, like it comes up every day. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So I don't have to get permission for this. I'm 28. (laughs) Like I don't need permission. I know I don't need permission, but I've been conditioned to believe that I have to be a certain way. And absolutely it gets uncomfortable right? The same way at work. Like if all your guys go out after work and get drinks, but you want to go home and work on your side hustle, or you want to go and pray, or you want to go and meditate, but it's because the people around you are like, bro, that's weird. Don't do that. If that's you, stop listening to the sound outside of you and go within. Check in on who you want to be and what you want to create is the questions that I ask 18 billion times with every client. Who do you want to be? What do you want to create? Because every time we go back home to that, it sets a foundation for us to go forward and make decisions and choices that are in
1: alignment with what our heart voice is telling us. When you find somebody, when you ask that question and they struggle with an answer, where do you go next? What's the question? The question that you just mentioned when you ask your clients, like, who do you want to who be? Who do you want to be? What, what do, you do you want to create? Yeah. So some I mean, some people, I mean, nothing wrong with it. Some people just don't know, but also yeah. some people haven't put the thought and time into it. Uh, and to your point, you've been conditioned to believe something and and I, I truly think that every single person ha- as a, as a child has this instinct that they know what they want to do. Like I think most people that are following some purpose or or something that's greater than themselves, had it had just like something when they were a kid whether it was like oh man I was always like I always wanted to do this so I was like an umpire was my first job and then I you know then I my first job and then I was a camp counselor and it was like that what that drew me to education and sport and it's like you you know you kind of made those decisions as opposed to some people are like well my first job and I drew was to like be a caddy or to work at the local grocery store it's like I just feel like there's something in there so like when people don't know or haven't put the thought in or just kind of blank stare. Like, where do you go next?
0: That's the beauty of coaching, man. That's why we do what we do. Because, and I'm saying we, I'm speaking for you guys. I shouldn't do that. But that's why I do what I do. Because to watch, I don't know the answer. I'm serious. Like My, my belief in what I do with my work is I don't have any answers for you. And because you're asking me questions on a podcast right now, somebody might be listening and be like, this guy's a know-it-all, thinks he knows everything. These are my experiences of what I've heard. But every single time I work with somebody, it's a blank slate. I don't know the answer. So when they don't know the answer, we start questioning. We just ask questions because you do know the answer. The I don't know thing is never an answer in the work that, that I do with the people I work with one-on-one or in groups. And everybody has let you slide with the I don't know thing. Well, why aren't you taking action? I don't know. Well, it's okay. You'll figure it out. Like, no, enough is enough. My job is to be the guy that says to you, no, I don't know is not an answer today. Today, we dive deeper. You do know. I don't know if you know it consciously, but you absolutely know what you want for your life. You absolutely, you, you have been conditioned to shut up about it. You have been conditioned to. That, that your dreams are bullshit. You've been conditioned that you are not allowed to envision possibility, that you are not allowed to think outside of your wonder wall, that you are not allowed to go above and beyond what your parents did or your or your family did or your friends did or what your community does. You can't be that way. And the people who make a massive wave in this world are the people who ask that question and take the time to actually answer it deeply and ask it every day. Because it's not a one-time thing. It would be super cute and like movie-esque, right? Super cinematic if like I was in a session with somebody and I was known for the guy who figured out my, like Nick Pags is the guy you go to to figure out your purpose. Your purpose is changing all the time. You are in purpose. You are on purpose. If you were not here right now, then you wouldn't be on purpose. But because you're listening to me, because you're hearing my voice, because you're hearing what we're talking about right now, you are in purpose. You're living in your purpose. Shocker. Like game changer. Wait a minute. This is my purpose. This is it. Yes, you are in your purpose in this moment, and maybe you should start acting like it. Instead of making excuses about why things aren't the way they want to be, step into your power. You are living in your purpose. You wouldn't be on this planet anymore if you didn't have the opportunity to live in your purpose. Your oppor- your your opportunity is now. Your purpose is here. Start acting like it. So, those questions that we ask are just game changers because it allows people to take a moment. It gives them permission and space to think and and dive deep into what their head and their heart is saying, not what their conditioning and their rules are saying. Because when you tell yourself long enough, guys, who you are, you start to believe it. And it's never never just that. You can always change it. You can always adjust. You do not have to be attached to the identity that you've given yourself or that somebody else has given you.
1: Yeah, there's there's so much there, and I think that one of the main things you touched on that it just it can't be said enough, and I think a lot of people, you know, it takes it takes hearing the same thing a lot of times to take action, and in that and in that I think the most important thing is is taking action. So, like you said, if, if you're listening to this episode, you're actively thinking bigger and wanting more. If you're signing up for a course, if you're doodling out your logo. If you're, you know, like, instead of going out for drinks, you're coming back and working on the side hustle. Like those are the actions and those things over time. And with enough depth to them, like you create a change, you create that wave and you start riding it, and then you're on it. And so it's like, no action is too small. Consistency is so important. Even if it's 15 minutes a day, you'll be so happy that you spent that time on it because looking back, you go 15 minutes a day versus, you know, 10 hours one day, you're going to get a lot more done just being on that on a daily grind. So the action piece, I think, is is it's commonly overlooked because people think that they need all of this time. They think they need like 40 hours a week to do it. It's like if you just start, like you said, you just started thinking and then eventually you did it and then eventually you're like, all right, now I got to get the whiteboard out and just stare at this thing. Uh, and I just think that's that's just so much. There's so much there. Yeah, and give give yourself the freedom to know that this moment is
0: perfectly set up for you to create magic. Like and not to sound like a motivational speaker, but actually think about it. The moments that were biggest in your life when you talk about them, like the game-changing moments, were they any different in terms of time or day or whatever? I, literally this will be a perfect example. I was this sounds funny, but I was reading the Bible the other day. I'm not like a huge Bible reader, I'm not super religious. But I, I find like parables really really interesting and just the idea of, of these little stories in there they give so much information. Um, and I was reading a couple of the stories the other day that were kind of shifting my perspective on a lot of things. But it's really about moments. Like each moment is a new opportunity, and you never know when it's going to come. The story of David and Goliath in the Bible. David and David and Goliath and What I find interesting is not the action-packed part of it, but the beginning. In the beginning, David is just like one of the young, I think he's the youngest son. And he's told by his dad to like go back and forth and just like bring lunch to the soldiers who are about to go into this battle or whatever it is. I might be butchering it. But that's essentially what I was reading. And I'm thinking to myself like, yo, this guy created, David created a story that has lived on forever and ever and ever by beating Goliath and the morning of he was just going and doing his regular old thing because he knows he's supposed to. And he was showing up and giving lunch to the guys and then going back and just like going through the motions and doing the things he had to do. That moment and how he was showing up with integrity in that moment is just as important as the moment that he beat Goliath. And you never know, like it's, it's often not a warning of when that moment is coming. Each moment is just as important as the next. And we treat it like we're waiting for that aha moment. In Project Limitless, we talk about this. We talk about the idea of like, by the end of this, you wanna feel what it feels like to be limitless. Sounds like a pretty expansive task to attack for eight weeks, right? But what we realized throughout the time is that limitless is not a moment. Limitless is a lifelong experience. It's a perspective, it's an understanding. So each moment you get to check in and say, am I living my limitless life right now? Am I being limitless? Am I choosing that way of being or am I getting sucked into what I think has to be? So each moment, man, it is so valuable. And when you start treating it like that, like the value of the moment where you had your first kid or the value of the moment where you got that job was just as important as the value of the moment where you woke up this morning or brushed your teeth or sipped your first sip of tea, like... Every single moment there's no there's no hierarchy. Each one is imp- as is as important as you make it.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting cuz we're just so conditioned to be reasonable. And we something that we talk about a lot is is practicing risk. This is just when you get your chance to take advantage of one of those moments that presents itself that real life game is, is way easier than the extremely difficult moments of practice. It's like, you've already done it. Instead of conditioning reasonableness in, we condition the discipline to show up every day on time to do the work so that when the mundane turns into a massive opportunity, it, that, that choice and action is automatic. You don't have to devote any brain power for it. At that point, you almost feel like you deserve it. (laughs) Because you've been working so hard for it, because you've already been putting in the work, because you've been showing up, because all of those normal everyday moments have already been banked, it almost seems like obvious when an opportunity shows up that you should do it because you've already been planning to work for it. Whether you recognize it as life-changing or... A haiku moment or an Aha moment or not, it, it's just like the next best choice you make is obvious at that point.
0: man, it is so like I hope you guys know the power that you have and the beauty that you're given to the world, because that being able to hold space for that, and what you're talking about is what I reference as subtle success we We love movie success. We love the idea of that moment that hit where it was like, oh my God, or that opportunity that was given. And truthfully, those opportunities, a lot of people think of it like it's the, like I didn't do anything and then one day it just hit. And that's the lotto idea. Like how many people win the lotto, get $250 million and within a year, year and a half, they're in rehab and they lost all their money. Why does that happen? Because nothing they did earned them that status, that money, that success, so then they don't know how to hold it. And what you guys are referencing, and what you guys are doing, which I commend you and acknowledge you for, it's amazing, is you're walking your clients and people that you work with, the people listening to this podcast, through subtle success, that the small win today, the one thing that you did that was important, like maybe for you, it's literally getting out of bed. And if you can walk a client through getting out of bed today and putting clothes on and going for a walk and coming back in and that's their win of the day. Good for you. And then it starts there. And for some of us we think that success looks like I have to hit the promotion. I have to like stop looking at the promotion and start looking at filling up the boss's coffee perfectly, exactly as they please. And if you can get that done beautifully, right, perfectly, and that becomes your little nugget of success that day, that subtle success over time when the moment does come where a big opportunity comes, it's not as big as you think anymore. It doesn't look or feel as big as you thought it would because you have been putting yourself under the microscope regularly and checking in. Am I, am I practicing? Am I being in integrity? Am I living into character that I believe is me throughout my days so that when that moment comes, I'm ready for it. Like it it is so important. So I, I acknowledge you guys. It's like, A really powerful thing that you guys are doing, working with people on
1: that. And with that, our our motto is to have the best day ever, every single day. And we think that those subtle wins, those subtle successes, that, I mean, that is what it is, right? Like You might not get promoted today, but the fact that you were able to take a run, uh, enjoy the nice weather, um, not get upset at something subtle, um, appreciate your breath and your coffee, and the food that you're eating and the conversations that you have, like that is what the best day ever is. And so we love to ask everybody that comes on the show, Nick, if you could wake up tomorrow and you got anything on the slate, there's no restrictions, there's no COVID restrictions. You can be anywhere doing anything with anyone. What does your best day ever look like?
0: So I'll give you what was hilarious is that there's this game called, um, it's like a red box. It's a card thing. I forget the name of it. I'm going to butcher it. Uh, Oh, I think it's like get to know each other better or something like that. Like, I forget the name of it. I'll send it to you guys. Whatever. It's an amazing game. I play it with my girlfriend all the time because she lives in Brazil and uh, with a distant relationship for some time. She was working in Malaysia and I was here. It was crazy. But we would have these dates and we would play this game and the game asked you to dive deep into these questions. And the question that she asked me last was the one you just said, what would a perfect day look like? Your best day ever. It ended up being a two and a half hour answer. So I will spare everybody on here (laughs) because I was like, no restrictions. Okay, let's go. Um, It included a lot of ridiculous things. But for me, a perfect day would look like being able to completely be present the entire day. That's the most simple I can put it. Because when you think about it, the only place that happiness, fulfillment, joy, and freedom exist is in this moment right now it can't happen later in the day it can't happen to yesterday it can only be now that's all we have so to keep it sweet and simple and try not to be like too metaphorical but really it's that for me would be perfect if every moment i could tap into the presence of like look at these beautiful trees right now look at this sun Look at my freaking awesome mom who's over here. Look at my girlfriend who's here. Look at this moment of like this delicious food I'm eating. If I can live in that fully, which is a practice that I try often and fail at often and continue
1: to work on, then that would just be the best day ever. It would be amazing. Yeah, that is the day. And I think that you touched on a couple of things that, you know, it takes practice. Um, And, you know, that day will will most likely never happen, right? You know, there's – there's going to be things that happen. And then all you do is just resort back to saying, okay, now I've recognized that I've gotten away from, instead of enjoying this beautiful salad, eating it as fast as I can to get to the next place. And you're like, oh, well, next time I eat, I'm going to enjoy it more. And that's all we can ever do. And, and that living in that, I think is is so special. And the way you described it was, it wasn't about necessarily the actions that are taking place, but it's how you were doing those. Um, and so, you know, that, that's a message that we can all take. Um, and so we just want to thank you uh, for being present in this conversation, which we could tell you totally were, uh, and for giving us some time to, to chat about, you know, finding your why and about your story, because, you know, it's, it's super important for everybody to be hearing that we're all in this, right? And whatever level of success in quotes that you or we or anybody reaches, we all started somewhere. And so I just want to say thanks for, for your energy, your time. Uh and, and your commitment to to what you're putting out because it's it's epic. Thank you guys and thank you for whoever's listening and took the time to listen this far. And know that that
0: being coached or getting somebody to help you is not always the answer. It doesn't have to be that way. And there's a lot of people who have amazing results in life and they never had a coach. Maybe they never had a true mentor. So you absolutely can. And have the capability to make it on your own, to create the life you want to live. And if you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling like you can't get moving, it's not to say you won't, but don't hold yourself there. Don't give yourself a reason to feel stuck. So reach out for support. Like that's where coaching comes into play. I always say it's not mandatory. But it's absolutely a life changing experience if you're willing to dive into retreats like you guys do or, or or some type of coaching or group stuff. It can set the space for you to start thinking deeper and looking into yourself. So I'm grateful to have the platform to connect with you guys and, and speak to whoever's listening today and, and I hope to maybe speak to you in person soon.
1: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Nick. Have the best day ever.
0: All right, guys. See ya. Cheers.